Hola, Americanos and people from coast to coast and around the globe. I never want to forget our global listeners. That That is such a great thing. So thanks for listening. You have found it. It is the Loftus Party. It's the biggest show on the interwebs. We are having a blast. Uh, once again, this week, we, we live in a, an, another week of uh, post-Donald Trump. We will discuss all of this and more. We've got uh, Andrew Apple joining us from Los Angeles. Shalom from the Golden State. Shalom. That's quickly becoming your thing, I've noticed. Don't yeah. think I don't – I have an ear for these things. I'm listening. This is like week three, I believe, where you've, you've, you've come out with the shalom. It's almost as if we were recording it and anyone could go back and listen later. But yes. Right? <laughs> I, 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 I have been, been com- coming out with the shalom because you know what? We need a little hello and we need a little peace. That is that is correct. Now is Shalom? Uh, oh, also we have we have uh, the Freedom Gypsy, the Liberty Gypsy from her uh, crazy caravan of uh, crystal balls located somewhere in Georgia. <laughs> State of fire. Are you guys still on on fire in Georgia? Yeah, we have had like no rain, um, and they keep saying it might, it might, and then it doesn't. So yeah, we're still on fire down here in Georgia. You're burning. Georgia mm-hmm. is burning. Okay, I want to go back to Shalom here, I, and just this is my lack of uh, the Hebraic language. What uh, is that? Is that like Aloha, where it's got it's got the double meaning, right? It's yeah. hello and goodbye. It's just like hey, good times, right? It's hello, it's goodbye, and it means peace. And it means peace. Okay, I like it. And it's not like Namaste is different. Namaste is like I see. Uh, Namaste is like the Avatar language, right? Like I see Sanskrit, you. Yes. Yeah, I see the good inside of you. I whatever. So shalom, everybody. Aloha, Hakuna Matata. So we've got a a big week already. The fear mongering. They they did not take their foot off the gas. The liberals, the demo, they, they, they're just like, they've had their pedal to the floor this whole time and they're not letting up. So let us begin the show. So much to, to talk about. I want to talk about uh, the Donald Trump dinner, I guess, first of all, the, the, the 21 club dinner. Is it the uh, 21 club or is it just the 21? I think it's just the 21, but he, where he shirked the press and didn't tell him he was going to dinner. Yeah. First of yeah. all, I want to say I want to say thank you. I, I didn't even know there was a place called the Twenty One or the. That's so old school, cool. That's like in those old Warner Brother uh, cartoons. You know, let's go to the Stork Club. Let's go to the Twenty One. It should be the club. That I lo- I want to go to a restaurant like that. I think that's a cool name for a club. So so Donald Trump goes out to dinner, and this is this is the only thing. First of all, you you have the the ultimate hypocrisy where. All you have to do is go back in time. God bless the internet. And you see articles where Obama, isn't it adorable? He ditched the press and got alone with his wife because he still likes date night. That rapscallion. And then Donald Trump does it. And they're like, my goodness, what's going to happen? The press has a right. And it's so ghoulish and it's so dark. The big complaint that I've heard is is not that oh my goodness the president elect is going to have a secret meeting with the KGB or some Chinese uh, uh, super spy they're all like we need to be there in case he gets assassinated like if something happens we need to be able to film it we want to be able to film it if he gets if somebody like throws a brick at his head like my goodness so what are your thoughts on that that whole thing you guys come on 
Well, I think it was a little overblown. Certainly probably didn't require headline news on NBC. Um, But I think, you know, there's some other kind of weirdness going on with this whole transition in that um, it's taking place in some some strange uh, places uh, like Midtown Manhattan and shutting down the Lincoln Tunnel and such. Um, (laughs) And I think some of maybe the concern was because maybe they believe Donald Trump will not be doing some things that presidents traditionally do because of his background. So they're just looking for some. It seems to me like they're just looking to set the tone of this guy's going to be secretive. He's not going to let the press anywhere near us. It's the First Amendment. They're just ready to go off. Everybody's got a hair trigger. That's what I think. Well, and I think everybody's like super, super sensitive, especially in the mainstream media, because they were all wrong. Well, we're, <laughs> we're now getting ahead of ourselves because I want to talk about the fake news. That That's truly concerning. The fake news. That's mm-hmm. crazy. Well, are you scared, Andrew? Are you are you are you uh, afraid that Donald Trump <laughs> ditched the press and went and had a steak dinner? So uh, l- let me say I do have some concern related to that, but not directly about that. All right. My concern okay. when it comes to the press is that I do not want them to get up in arms about every little thing. It goes back to what we talked about with making everyone Hitler. When everyone's Hitler, no one is Hitler. So, yes. OK, Donald Trump ditched the press. All right. That's fine. If they want to complain about that, complain about that. But what that does is it diminishes when Donald Trump actually did a few things this week that did concern me. So like the the, okay. Shinzo, the Shinzo Abe meeting where there were people there who were not supposed to be there, that concerned me. The fact that he's considering using the Trump Hotel in Washington, D.C. instead of Blair House to meet dignitaries, that concerns me. But we're not getting a lot of press on those things. Why does that? Why does that concern you? That he's going to use uh, the Trump Tower instead of Blair House? Uh, because it's more expensive to use the Blair uh, to to use Trump Tower, and uh, that's coming out of my tax dollars. And he's also financially benefiting from it, even if his company is run by a trust. Yeah. That's the bigger kind of, yeah, no, I don't think, you know. Well, I tell you what, on my list of priorities, I got to be honest, that's super low down there. That's super way down there. If you're going to run on drain the swamp, probably not the right move. (laughs) That's all. It kind of goes, it kind of goes against that whole grain. That's all. Yeah. It's like, how does it? Well, if if he's going to be, I'm really intrigued by this. I don't, I really, I, (laughs) I'm not concerned about this at all. I know, but he goes to Washington saying he's going to end corruption and people personally, excuse me, benefiting from their role in office. This, but we're going to place all these dignitaries at my hotel. That that just runs counter. It's just it's not something I'm going to sit here and freak out about. But it's one of those things that goes in the file. Like that doesn't make a whole lot of sense. Has has he proposed that this is how his administration's going to work? Yes. Like in the future, all of all of the foreign dignitaries are going to stay at the Trump Tower. Yes. Yes. Okay. Well, then, how long do you think that's going to last? I think I think we can start the countdown now. That's going to (laughs) be over in eight. Seven, six. I mean, that there's no way. But you know, th- no, th- I- th- this is what we're talking about. Where it's like, if th- if the press does not hold the government accountable for these sort of things, then it gets to continue. And so, when we're making everything such a big deal, then nothing's a big deal. And th- and there were some things that legitimately did concern me this week. 
Okay, so let's get back to Shinzo. What's his name? Who the who? Shinzo Abe, the Japanese prime minister. Shinzo Abe. First of all, that is a really cool name. I automatically <laughs> like that dude. He's like a space general. General Shinzo Abe, take your star fleet to the fifth quadrant and protect the Ushka people. So let's, what was Shinzo Abe saying? So Shinzo Abe is the Japanese prime minister who had a meeting with Donald Trump. And traditionally, when you have meetings as a government official with foreign dignitaries, only people with security clearances are supposed to be in those meetings. Unfortunately, uh, Ivanka Trump and Jared Kushner both sat in on those meetings. And not only do they not have the security clearance, they're also going to be the ones who are allegedly running the blind trust. Uh, yeah. That is Donald Trump's company while he's in office. So it's like eh, getting into a little Clinton Foundation territory right there, and I don't like it. Yeah, that, I guess that is that is Clinton Foundation adjacent. I'm going to put that um, low on my priorities as well, but we got to do something about it. So I'm a, so for the record, not cool. You can't put up foreign dignitaries at the Trump Tower and um, – I, if your if your kids are going to be running your company, first of all, I don't know what they're going to do with those companies. That's going to be a mess. But you can't have as lovely a gal as she is, Ivanka. She, I guess she can't go to these meetings. I guess I don't know. It's weird. Was it like a hey, how's it going? Nice to meet you. Because that no, then it's like I just don't want to be a dickhead about it. It's it's, no, it's He's meeting with heads of state to to introduce him to diplomatic process and things like that. So, yeah. But don't no. you think it was a hey, nice to see you, uh, nice to nice to know you? I think we're gonna have a great country. I mean, did I'm just gonna put this out there for the sake of for the sake of discussion? Did Obama's kids ever meet any heads of state? Not in official capacity. I mean, there there were handshakes and sort of things where it comes in where it's like, oh, hi, you know, this is the prime minister of Ireland. And there, there were little handshakes. Yeah. But when there were closed door meetings, which is what this was, then yeah. no one without clearance was supposed to be in there. Okay. Well, I'm sure they just needed the one meeting to get their huge master plan in motion. So uh, once again, I don't think – trust me, this is the thing. The press is going to be all over stuff like this. So yeah, there's a little – it's like the princess and the pea, I guess, with me. It's it's like – yeah, it's an irritant, and we should probably watch that in the future. Uh, however, meh, not that, not that terribly concerned right out of the gate. Well, like I said, it goes into the file for me of things I'll look for not to continue. Like, oops, yeah, I did that probably not okay, won't do it again sort of stuff. Indeedy. Indeedy. What had you concerned this week? What's what's at the top what's at the top of your list? Like, uh-oh, it's just, going off the rails, man. It's going I, off the rails. I'm just still at the point where I think we need a nationwide Xanax. Better living through chemistry. Everybody just needs to calm down and take a deep breath. The man hasn't really done anything yet. Well, yes, that's what I'm saying. That's what the mainstream media is just – they're not going to let up. They're not going to let up. I watched well, that Joy Reid, that AM Joy, that girl. Good Lord. It's the end of the world on her show. You want to oh. talk about a glass half empty kind of gal. Good Lord. Did you see Jonathan Chait's tweet from the New York Times? No, I didn't. What did, what did that uh, guy say? Literally, this is the worst thing that has ever happened to him, the outcome of this election. You had people, quote, tweeting him, really, the worst thing that has ever happened to me is watching my child fight cancer. Grow up. Yeah. I mean, like the, the, the emotional, 
that is all over some of these more progressive, you know, personalities is just insane, number one. Um, But when you look at this week, I think there was probably one or two. I think the biggest thing that concerns me is Donald Trump's comms person really needs to get get his surrogates under control because they're out there saying stupid things. Like what? Um, well, the former head of his PAC was on Megyn Kelly and said that um, how we treated the Japanese during World War II could be precedent for something like a Muslim registry. The problem with that is, is you have people who are already on the team, like Rance Priebus and, and some other folks going out there and saying, no, we are not going to be keeping lists of people of a certain religion. What we are going to do is take a practical approach to a problem that has a tie to a particular religion, but we have to we have to differentiate, right, the problematic portion of it from everything else. So yeah, that's but, all the dude was saying. I I, th- I really felt that like Megyn Kelly was like going out of her way to grind the old internment camp acts. He Kobach, he and Kobach have both said that the Trump administration will be pursuing a Muslim registry, which means registering people who live here, who are citizens, who are coming into the country, etc. No, it's from countries. It's no. not. No one is talking about a, a a ban on anybody from any religion. No, this it is, is from countries. This is a list. This is not. This is not what he's talking about in immigration. This is the Muslim registry. Literally, a list of people of the Muslim faith. So. What I'm saying is he has some lesser surrogates out there like Kobach and this guy from the pack who are kind of stirring that up when maybe his more official surrogates like Rance Priebus, who was on the Sunday shows this morning, saying, no, that's not even going. No, that's not what we're talking about. And Rance is actually on the team. So I'm just saying his comms team probably needs to ensure his best surrogates are out there who actually know what the internal discussions are. That's all. Nobody wants the imagery that we're going to be riling up all the Muslims and putting them into concentration camps. And when you say Japanese internment (laughs) camps, that's what people think. And nobody wants that to be the rhetoric. Well, and if you're if you already know the press is going to jump on anything, why give them anything to jump on? So if if internal to the campaign and your new chief of staff is saying, no, that's not what's being discussed, I, I believe him. Right. I I believe him. He's on the team. These other people are surrogates that are tangential to the team and just talking and maybe have their own priorities. And I just think Donald Trump would his comms person would do a huge favor if the well, surrogates the problem. if here's the surrogates the can go out. The way and talk. they the way they frame the question is what about the Muslim ban? What about the Muslim ban? So these poor morons have to go out of their way to say, first of all, it's not a Muslim ban. And if they don't do that, if they don't start answering the question that way, so you agree it's a Muslim ban. I've seen so many like gotcha interviews, and I I wish I had a a great example or a metaphor or whatever. They do that weird switcheroo thing. So Donald Trump doesn't say people should have uh, AK-47s. Well, Donald Trump never said people should have AK-47s. So he wants to have, it's just the whole thing is just the, it's the framing of it. Like no one wants a Muslim ban. It's really uh, yawnerific over here. Well, I know, but what I'm saying is maybe not yawnerific for the rest of the country. And he does have good surrogates. He still has Kellyanne Poles. He has Rance. Kellyanne Conway. Or Kel- Kellyanne Conway. I'm sorry. You're um, talking about her Twitter name. This is what you're doing. 
Yeah. Isn't it her t- yeah, on Twitter? I, she's I'm, Kellyanne. And if you're not follow, if you're not following Kellyanne polls uh, on Twitter, go ahead and start Kellyanne Conway. That's woman of the year right there. Yeah. I mean, she, she made his campaign as far as I'm concerned. He has good surrogates. He has Newt Gingrich who is a wonderful spokesperson. 99.9% of the time he has Kellyanne. He has good people on his team that can go out there and handle the press better than some of these folks who aren't used to doing it and are just stepping in it. So all I'm saying is to calm, you know, to, to help with the nationwide Xanax, comms team, Trump, Tower, get your better surrogates out there. Limit commentary about the transition team to the people who actually know what's going on and can speak effectively. Well, that's the end of the world, too, the transition. This transition is a disaster. That's the other one coming out of the mainstream media. It's a disaster. He's totally not ready. He has no idea what, it, what to put together a cabinet. He's in over his head. Well, when they're actually they're actually (laughs) yeah, they're actually way ahead of where Obama was at this stage in the game. Do you feel like it's been a disaster, Andrew? Do you feel like uh, old DT Donald Trump's in over his head? And again, this is where I get frustrated with the press because I don't think the whole thing is a disaster. But the way that it's being framed is taking away from the fact that he's a he's potentially appointing some people to very high level cabinet positions that I do not agree with their stances. You know, who I mean, are you worried about? Let's do it. Let's uh, do it. Who are you worried about? Are, uh, are you worried about what's that guy's name? Mad Dog Maddox or whatever? <laughs> guy? Uh, Who's uh, that dude? Stacy will know. Stacy, who who is Mad General, Dog General Maddox? Maddox? General Mad Dog. But everybody calls him Mad Dog. I love it. I love it that the, <laughs> the guy who's going to be in charge is like the Mad Dog. That's awesome. That is awesome and needs to be celebrated. What do you think, Mad Dog? <laughs> Like, I get to see him in the war room. Uh, okay, thank you. What do you think? Well, Mad Dog. <laughs> Just that a dude answers to Mad Dog, and he's going to be in charge of stuff. Okay, who are you worried about, uh, Andrew? Michael T. Flynn. Uh, he's not going to do much to help with the anti-Muslim rhetoric. Uh, I think that the person that he's looking at for uh, Secretary of Education could destroy our public school system. Uh, which Good. is Good! No, not good, Stacy. Like I, and I think I think it's good. I, I, I gotta think, I gotta I go with the uh, with the crazy <laughs> gypsy over here. He should hire somebody as the secretary of education to shut down the federal department of education. All, all of the people he's looking at are very very pro charter school. And yay! No, not yay, Stacy. I mean, th- this is corruption on a level that makes student loans look like child's play. It's sad and it's pathetic and it's preying on low income people by making things like the Success Academy or the Children Are Our Future School, calling it a school, taking money out of the public school system, spending it privately, putting it in your own pockets and providing a very mediocre, if not downright unacceptable education for our students. Okay. Well, that may be how I'm going to float this. I'm going to float this balloon. I'm going to float this balloon. What about this? Before you can vote on the school system and how it works, you have to have a kid. <laughs> I'll tell you why I'm I disagree just, with I'm that. Just gonna, I'll tell why you why you I disagree with that. Because I do not think that public education is just for the people who have kids. All right? It is because this kid is going to grow up into a human being. I may hire this kid one day. And I expect to have competent, intelligent people to hire. And if the then you better system, hope they don't go to public schools. <laughs> <laughs> 
I mean, seriously, Andrew, if you take a look at our stats and our performance globally since the Department of Education was implemented, we have continually fallen against our international peers in terms of educational performance in science and math. Oh, hold and up. Hold up. Now, I, I think Andrew, I just want to celebrate. I think Andrew made a great point. Which that's why, because I was just floating the balloon that only people with kids are allowed to, to vote on this stuff. And Andrew, I just want to celebrate. You made a very good point. And I was just joking around. However, it was kind of funny. <laughs> However, uh, there was a great documentary on PBS. God, this is why I like the internets so much. We should bang this one up. There was a great documentary on PBS supporting what Stacy just said. Since we started this huge federal bureau of here's the way our school should run, we have steadily gone downhill. And the, the, the PBS documentary that I watched, they came to the conclusion, kind of the loose conclusion, that we keep – because our kids keep having to learn different subjects, this – they're not learning any one thing good. They're learning a lot of crappy things crappy. Okay. Yeah. Perfect example. Okay. Do you know why that's happening? No. It's because the federally mandated programs. Yes. The, and the federally mandated programs require certain standardized testings that aren't working and are run by for-profit companies who don't care about whether or not our kids are educated. They care about making money. The charter school system that Michelle Ree and Betsy DeVos are pushing so hard work like that times a thousand. Well, it also depends on which state you're in, okay? There are for-profit charter schools and there are not-for-profit charter schools. So I will tell you the state of Colorado and the city of Denver has done a beautiful job with it. And you can see exceptional academic performance in the children that have been offered school choice. So we have to look to our states, which you call the laboratories of democracy, right, that have tried different approaches to school choice and say who's doing a good job and what should it look like. Every state should endeavor to look like Denver looks in terms of results. Now, how do we take what Denver has done and do it in our state or our city or our county and do it effectively? Couldn't agree more, but... Betsy DeVos and Michelle Reed, guess what? They're not coming from that background. They're coming from this for-profit charter school mentality. Michelle Reed, her husband, uh, he stole about $3.4 million out of a charter school. Uh, Betsy DeVos, she's coming out of Michigan, and we know what the Detroit school system is looking like. Is that the kind of people that you want running this uh, country's education? Yes, yes, that's yes, who I want. I'm I, vote. I want corruption. What I want is him to hire somebody to figure out how to extricate the federal government from state and local school districts altogether. I don't need Title IX anymore. I don't need a lot of that stuff. Done. Over. I, I agree, but that's not what we're getting right now. We will see. Here's what I know. Andrew Apple's getting married, and he's thinking about having kids. Right. That right? is true. I mean, it, you know, s- sometime within the next seven to 10 years, you know, after I've hiked the Appalachian Mountains and made it to the peak of Mount Everest. Yes, I will consider having children. That, oh, buddy, you're you're on that bachelor mentality. You still think you're operating on your timeline. No, my <laughs> friend, your timeline is gone. Your wife. Oh, I, it is, this is going to be fun to watch. This is going to be fun to watch. But I want to remember this moment when when you had that that bachelor optimism. When I get married, I'm going to do all this stuff and then we'll think about having kids. We will see where you fall. Okay. Who else are you worried about? Mike Pompeo, for example. Uh, Jeff Mike Sessions. Pompeo. M- Mike Pompeo. I don't even know who Mike Pompeo is, but he's got a cool name. 
<laughs> Who's Mike Pompeo? He's Trump's that, 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 recommendation that, that, that for the name, oh. for the head of the CIA. Oh, snap. Now that should be okay. You can't put a guy named Mad Dog in charge of the CIA, but Mike Pompeo. Oh, Mike Pompeo. Was he a, like a senator somewhere, a congressman somewhere? Well, yes. he's, he's in the House of Representatives, and he was the chair of the uh, Intelligence Committee. Okay. Uh, and has a military background. And, okay. If I'm not mistaken, um, some pretty good. I think he graduated from West Point. So what's bad about what what, it sounds like he's qualified? Why can't he be in charge of the CIA? Because it means we're going to drag up Benghazi again, and I'm tired of it. We don't need partisanism in the CIA. We had that during the Bush administration with Porter Goss, and it didn't work. All right, I'm going to say something now. I'm going to say something now that I've said on the show before, and I'm not done with Benghazi. I still want to know who decided to go with the big lie of the video. Who decided that? Who said we're going to blame it on a video? I need that question answered. Well, and what I would say is what they're probably going to do with Benghazi at this point is take the security assessments that have been done and make sure that we are not at similar risks in other embassies. I don't think you're going to see more congressional hearings. I think that's over. Um, I think that this administration is going to move on. And the other thing I will give you a level bet is that Hillary Clinton will never be prosecuted. There will never be an investigation. That over was going to be my next whether, question. Whether Obama pardons her or not, I would actually lay a cash bet on that. And I'm not a betting woman. As I far think as she's going to skate. She's totally going to skate. He went on TV and said he wasn't going to do a special prosecutor because Hillary and Bill are essentially good people. I mean, he's already putting that out there himself, Donald Trump. Um, you know, as far as Jeff Sessions, you, you know, the guy who prosecuted the, the head of the KKK in his home state and pushed for the death penalty and got it. Did he tell some kind of racist joke? Is he that told, why they... he told a joke that even the guy he told it to was like, if you didn't know he was kidding, you, you come on. Was it maybe in poor taste? But yeah, so what? And they're just running. Oh, look at this racist history. Okay, yeah, the guy who prosecuted the head of the KKK in his state and got the death penalty. Yep, he's a huge racist. Well, yeah. Is that what you're worried about, Andrew? That he's a racist? No, I don't. I I think that he's been out of the game too long. He hasn't been a practicing attorney for how long, Stacey? Twenty years. Uh, when I'd have to look back and see when he went to Congress. Yeah, I mean, it, it, it's my same concern about Chris Christie. Chris Christie has been a governor for a while. I mean, so to take someone who hasn't been practicing law, who hasn't been prosecuting, and then just say, hey, the, you know this thing you used to do 20 years ago? Yeah, why don't you start doing it again? It's like there's too much of a catch-up there, you know? I think that's... That he doesn't... He doesn't have his uh, updated certificate of law. <laughs> the, the attorney general is responsible for oversight of the agency and top level decision making. They have more people providing them information and insight than they could possibly ever need. They are never responsible for prosecuting anything personally. They have attorneys to do that. Yeah, that would be um, super awkward. That would be super awkward, though, if he's in there and he's like, here's what we're going to do. Just like we did it back in 1982. Here's what we do. And then the person's like, uh, that's not legal anymore. <laughs> See, there yeah, you go. It's like, danger, doesn't it right? hurt to have someone who is essentially not only out of touch with the position, but is going to have people who are more adept below him than he is? I don't. I don't ever see any um, management position that way. I, I'm, not, I yeah, I'm not worried yeah, about that. I'm not worried about it at all. That's that's the old Ronald Reagan thing. They're like, oh, Ronald Reagan doesn't know this. That's why you have experts below you. A great manager 
And this is John Cleese who said this, John Cleese yep. from Monty Python, the best manager, the best CEO creates an infrastructure below them so that if they are taken out, it still works beautifully. So as long as he hires good people, and they I'm, hire not, people I'm not terrified than of them, Jeff, Jeff themselves too. And we should also point out John Cleese also took away our Declaration of Independence after we elected Trump. Say what? What? He, he released an entire article where he talked about the fact that, uh, okay, well, uh, you elected Trump. Uh, guess this whole uh, America thing was a uh, failure. And uh, so we're just going to take you back into England now. And uh, oh, that's depressing. You've been producing, you've been pronouncing aluminum wrong this entire time. Look it up. It's aluminium. It's aluminium. It's vitamin. Uh, Boy, I tell you what, I was up watching Saturday Night Live last night. And some guy has a show in syndication because that's the spot that I want for the flip side. I want the flip side to be on NBC right after Saturday Night Live. So I'm watching it here in New York and I'm like, w I wonder what's on. And it's this syndicated show first look. And I tell you what, it's shot beautifully. It is a beautifully shot television show. It looked like $10 million. And the guy was talking about how awesome Scotland was. It's like, first look at Scotland. And I'm like, what the what? However, uh, Scotland is a wonderful little country. And the whole show was paid for by this the Scottish Board of Tourism. <laughs> so I think that's what we need for the flip side. We need, like, the American Board of Tourism to pay for our show. This guy was, like, hanging out. I didn't know about these. I knew there was islands in Scotland. I know, I, I'm way off the track here. I apologize. But the guy's, like, hanging out, drinking beers with Alan Cummins. And I'm like, why can't I do that on the flip side? Why am I not, like, hanging out at a bar with Ann Coulter or hanging out at a bar that, with Michael Steele? That's what I need to do. That's what I need to do. I need to interview somebody at the 21 Club. First look. First look, America. The flip side. Yeah, well. So John Cleese, I'm sure he was very funny. I don't know how he got to, like, we, because we elected Donald Trump, we're not allowed to have the 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 – Declaration no. of Independence? That's a bit of a stretch. Apparently, no, we need to be brought back into England and get our senses back. Well, they need us, I guess, since they did their big Brexit. No kidding. And they, they're they slowly sinking into the ocean. They're on fire over there. It's not. It's never going to work out. That whole thing's been a disaster. I'm being sarcastic. <laughs> well, actually, there, there was an update there because the courts just ruled a couple of weeks ago that even though the people voted for it, according to the articles of the European Union, it still needs to be approved by the House of Lords and the House of Commons. Yeah, they're going to try to stop it. They're going to try to stop it. So uh, the other and funny then thing. And they're going to end up with Marie Le Pen in France, and she is actually scary. Marie Le Pen. Where do these people come from with these cool names? Marie Le Pen. Is she hot? She sounds super hot. Uh, she's got kind of a hatchety sort of face. Oh, bummer. Yeah. Like Angela Merkel, you just kind of know, right? Yeah, she's, she's running again. Hot. Yeah, she's running again. But you, like if you never heard of Angela Merkel and and somebody said, I need you to pick Angela Merkel out of this lineup. <laughs> and there was like... Three okay-looking girls and then Angela Merkel. <laughs> I think everyone would go, yeah, that's Angela Merkel. You kind of <laughs> doomed your kid, right? It's like there's no way <laughs> – there's certain names. Like if you name your daughter Diamond, her chances of being a stripper increase exponentially. Oh, yeah, without a doubt. Well, hey, I Marie remember – Marie Le Pen. She sounds so hot. I want her to be hot. 
I remember in an earlier podcast, you said that Barbara Boxer might have been pretty hot when she was younger. I bet she was. Yeah. How do you think? How stupid do you think she was this week? What did she do? Oh, God. Uh, she put forth a bill in the Senate to eliminate the Electoral College, and that's not how any of this works. <laughs> oh, boy. that's uh, That one's we're, – we're getting into George Takai country here, yeah. and I, I want to hold off on – oh, my. Oh, my. I want to hold off on that. But Barbara Boxer, I bet she was. We should get pictures of her as a young woman. That's – Barbara Boxer, that is kind of a stripper name. That is kind of a hot stripper name. Please welcome to the main stage, Barbara Boxer. Come on, fellas. She's not going to dance unless she sees those dollar bills, which is like her political career. (laughs) Oh, God. (laughs) Salam. Salam. Okay, so Mitt Romney, I don't want to forget about this. Mitt Romney made a pilgrimage to meet Donald Trump. That is hilarious. Hilarious. Whispers of being considered for Secretary of State. I, I, I don't know. So I would say this to anybody who's like, "How well is he going to work across with with people he doesn't agree with?" My goodness, my goodness. He had a sit down with Mitt Romney, and and Mitt Romney didn't leave that meeting with like a swollen lip or a black eye <laughs> or a big mark on his face or a bullseye on his back. Good lord, <laughs> that he could sit down. I, I I I don't even know how that whole thing went down. What do you do? You make the phone call like, "Hey, Mitt, let's talk. I want you to come to you know my office." And then Mitt has to say yes, and then he has to go. I mean, just so awkward. God bless Donald Trump for setting that meeting and going through with it. And Mitt Romney, that had to have been so awkward, so. Awkward. I know I called you a con man. I know I called you a liar. I know I spent a lot of money to try to, you know, make sure you lose. I know I said this. I know I said that. Um, my bad. <laughs> well, but also it behooves Donald Trump to make things okay to to clear the air with Mitt Romney. Just e- even the image of it is going to be helpful to the people who voted for Romney back in 2012 that also voted for the Donald. Yeah, I, I Donald Trump's a better guy than I am. I would have I would have banished old Mitt Romney to some dungeon somewhere. I would have been like, I never hear from you again, dude. You yes. do not matter. Like, why did he even meet with Mitt Romney? What? Like, Mitt Romney, Secretary of State? What? No. Huh. Oh, it's better than Rudy Giuliani. Yeah. <laughs> Rudy Giuliani should have been AG. I think personally, but that's just me. Well, and there is some validity in that. Why did he turn that down? I'm not sure that he did. I know Newt Gingrich has said publicly that he does not want a spot in the administration. They're floating Giuliani around Secretary of State along with Mitt Romney and a a few other people. So I don't think anybody's a shoe in for that position at this point. But I, I don't think Giuliani is any more qualified than Mitt Romney is. Yeah. Well, I'm not worried about it. I'm not worried about any of this stuff. The, they they keep saying that, oh, he can't get his cabinet together. He can't do this. The whole thing's in disarray. It's it's a horrible, horrible day for America. And I just don't see any of it. I think he's doing just fine. I think old Donald Trump's doing just fine. And he's trending ahead of George Bush. And he's trending about on par, actually a little bit ahead of where Obama was at the same point in time. I just, if the media doesn't knock it off, they're seriously going to turn themselves into just in a, in oblivion. I mean, people will just stop listening. 
I, I think we're we might be past that point now. We might be past that point, And I think that's why they're on the whole fake news thing, which is the true terrifying. And I want to make sure we get to this before we go on too long. Uh, the fake news thing, the people that actively lied to the American public for years and years and years. Now they get to decide what's fake news like that. No, you're fake news. NBC, you are fake news. If you ever, all of it, all of it, I find terrifying. People are getting their pages shut down on Facebook. People are getting kicked off of Twitter. People are just disappearing from the internet. And uh, yikes, yikes, yikes. I thought um, Zuckerberg had said he wasn't going to touch that. Well, he then came out later and retracted that and said there was a seven-point plan to remove fake news from Facebook. And Google also said that fake news websites aren't going to be able to use AdSense. Yeah, they're just going to make them go away. Well, and I wrote a whole article on that. You know, I, I am so sick. And, and I said this before the show. Taylor Swift won t- 2016. She was the only bright one that I know of in the entertainment industry that had a huge following that said, I'm not getting involved. Um, you know, people have woken up on Monday morning and decide or Wednesday morning, the day after the election and decided to ruin their businesses. Hello, Grubhub. Um, products are telling me what to think. And I go out there and I look around the world and I am so tired of everything being politicized that I will actually purposefully go buy the products of three men that I don't agree with because they stood up to the Silicon Valley cabal. Well, you've kind of pivoted into a different story here. Oh, sorry. However, no, no, that's that's fine. I just want to make sure that that we give fake news all of its uh, all of its glory. Let's let the record show on the Loftus Party podcast as of this date in the year of our Lord, blotty, blotty, blue, blue. This whole we're going to decide what fake news is literally like not only does it reek of censorship, it is censorship. And we cannot be cool with that. There is either freedom of speech or there's not. Well, and if if you if you are prone to clicking on clickbait headlines and you are not someone who understands if that really sounds a little bit bizarre, um, maybe I should look and see if anybody else is talking about it. Um, your habits aren't going to change. You're going to go to those websites, whether there's Google ads on them or not. The purveyors of them are just going to put tip jars on them so that people who read them support them. I mean, that that's how it's going to roll. They're not going to go away. And people who think that's actually legitimate stuff, who actually do enjoy wearing tinfoil, um, are still going to read it. Yeah, but you won't be growing. You won't be growing your business. You won't be reaching new people because some kid, and this is what I love about, this is what I love about the flip side television show. It's on in the mainstream media, hopefully, and we're not mean spirited and we're not fake news, blah, blah, blah. It's a comedy show about politics. But what I love about it is we're on YouTube America. We're on family entertainment television. There is a chance that some kid can just stumble across our show and watch it and laugh, and it'll change the way he thinks. Now, if you're just some kid and you're going around the Internet and you you click on a website, you go, uh-oh, this is fake news. Well, I guess I won't look at this, and off you go. So it is you are severing the Achilles tendon of these websites that are that are doing nothing, but they just don't agree with the, the stories they're being spoon-fed by the lying mainstream media. Mm-hmm. And that that is terrifying to me. That is 
that people are saying we will decide who decides what's fake news. There's certainly that professor who made the list shouldn't be deciding. <laughs> Did you see that in the L.A. Times? Oh, that the social justice warrior lady. I don't know if she was a social justice warrior lady, but I mean, it had Red State on there. It had Breitbart on there. And I have issues with Breitbart, but they run a legitimate news organization um, globally. I mean, they have Breitbart Israel. They have Breitbart London. I mean, that's legitimate. They actually have people in the countries they're reporting on, which many U.S. outlets don't. Um, yeah. You know, they had uh, Resurgent on there. They, uh, You know, the, the only ones that weren't on there that surprised me that they didn't get pinned were National Review and Weekly Standard. But um, some very legitimate sites that have been around for a long time. That's um, the scary part. That's that's what I'm talking about. And it's just like, seriously, people believe this stuff. And I, you know, I think to me, that could be the biggest benefit of this whole election where people are actually going to start thinking again. I mean, you have Ben Rhodes out there if you want to talk about fake news. That's right? what they're trying to do. Well, instead of going through the list, that's what they're doing. They are going to start eliminating the voice of the opposition. It has already begun. That's the terrifying part. Like, we have to mobilize against this. That's why I wanted to make sure that uh, Flipside Loftus on Twitter, also, I wanted to secure my spot on Gab. Today, they're going after these people. Tomorrow, it will be us. And that, if that doesn't concern everybody, I do not want the people who are responsible for fake news telling me that now I am fake news and there's only one official, there, there's literally the thought police are running around. The thought police are going to be running around shutting down websites. Well, you know it, how I feel about bureaucrats, right? The people who make regulations in Washington yes, and, and, and they have the force of law and they were never elected. People I like even less than bureaucrats are technocrats in Silicon Valley who think that their political agenda should be embedded in their product that people use for communication. So the technocrats at some point need to be um, held to account. Yes, and that's why we need journalists. And if journalists aren't going to do the job, we need citizen journalists to do the job. And once they start shutting down citizen journalists, we are way up uh, Poop Creek, zero paddles available. Okay. That I just want to let let the record show uh, that terrifies me, and we should all be equally afraid. Today it's us. Tomorrow it'll be you. Hamilton, Hamilton, Pence got booed at Hamilton. Did you guys see that? Uh, it it kind of yeah, took over my that. news feed. It was impossible to miss. What are your thoughts? Let's weigh in on Pence getting booed at Hamilton. Are you okay if I go into tinfoil hat territory on this? Yes, we're. I'm. I listen. Oh we can God, go tin. Gonna... We can go. We can go tinfoil hat. We can go tinfoil jockstrap. We can go uh, tinfoil pasties. Okay. <laughs> oh. No one God. wants to see anyone on this podcast in tinfoil pasties. Oh, I think you speak. You spoke too soon. <laughs> wow. I'm working on a pair right now. Oh dear oh, lord. Geez. Okay. <laughs> So th this is my thought where I go a little tinfoil hat uh, when it comes to Mike Pence at Hamilton. Um, was there a world in your mind where Mike Pence wouldn't go to Hamilton and get a negative response? Yeah. Yeah. No. Earth 2. <laughs> Thank what? you. Er er Wait. Earth 2. No, I I'm, I'm being sarcastic. Why should a conservative 
And oh, by the way, somebody should actually read the history of Hamilton before they think, you know, Mike Pence was out of place. Um, why should he not be able to go to the theater? Well, no, no, I'm not saying he shouldn't be able to go to the theater. But this is a man who has been very open about the fact that he is uh, opposed to a lot of the progressive le legislation that uh, a lot of people in the theater community are for. He is anti-gay marriage. That's the biggest one. And there are a lot of gay people who are involved in the Broadway community. So, whoa, 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 whoa. What? There are gay people on Broadway. For a second, I thought you were being serious. I got, I got worried. <laughs> and Donald Trump said publicly, "Gay marriage is the law of the land. We're okay. not doing anything about yes. that." Yes. Okay. So, so, so Andrew's doing his thing. Yeah. So this is where I start to wonder: Are you know, was this Steve Bannon sort of trying to take over the news cycle by sending Mike Pence and potentially? evoking this response from all the people who are at Hamilton so that other things that are going on, the things that we've been talking about, wouldn't be talked about by the mainstream media by essentially creating clickbait. Okay, so that's interesting. That is interesting and not the first time I've heard that. Someone else literally, like yesterday, tweeted the same, they were floating the same kind of balloon. So what would Let's let's say it's true. Let's say let's yeah, let's say Steve Bannon said Mike Pence go to this theater. Hopefully something will happen and hopefully people won't talk about blank. What are they looking to avoid? Uh I mean the Trump University settlement could have been one of them. Uh the appointments that we spoke about could be another uh Blair House. I mean basically everything that we covered on this podcast today. Oh, uh, yeah. Well, the the Trump University thing, the Trump University thing to me, and you guys know this, was always a yawn. That was always a yawn. So he had to write a check for twenty five million bucks. Meh. That's that's I, I don't know. I think if I might go with you if there was a little bit more uh, there. There, there's no big like smoking gun uh, to that. I think I think Mike Pence is from Indiana and he's incredibly naive, and he was using his newfound power. As vice president to score tickets to this mondo huge Broadway show. I mean, those tickets are insanely expensive. And I think he's spending a lot of time in New York now. And he's like, oh, my gosh. I think he's so naive. He's like, wow, there's a musical about Alexander Hamilton that everybody goes to. I'd love to see this. This is great. A hit show about one of our founding fathers. And, uh. Yikes. So this is actually Yikes. one place that we do differ because I, I go a little Sun Tzu on these situations where uh, I never diminish anyone the way that you just did. I don't think Mike Pence is a naive person. I don't think he got to the point he's at by being naive. I think he is a very adept politician. And I think he knew that going there and leaving early would invoke a response. And to their credit, the speech that the Hamilton actors made at the end of the show, acknowledging him and thanking him for coming to the show, was actually very appropriate. Yeah, I mean, it was very polite. I don't know. I, I got, I got, no, I mean, we, we, sir, I like how the guy tried to like phrase it like old timey 1700s, you know, we, sir, the members of this cast, sir, implore you to defend our rights, sir. He used a few too many sirs. He was kind of in a sir barrel. That's what we say in the writer's room. I wasn't offended by what, what the guy said. I just, ugh. it, it was just awkward. It was just awkward. And here's the, here's what I heard that when Mike Pence was being 
booed and he was some people were applauding mostly i guess boos the boos were certainly louder supposedly the the new rumor they're trying to spread whether it's true or not i don't know is that mike pence leaned over to his kid and like you hear that that's what democracy sounds like which is completely badass i want that to be true however i didn't get my like i guess i don't see the big to do in the whole thing like people are like freaked out and incensed by it i really like i'm not i'm i'm uh not impressed nor outraged by the whole thing it's too bad it's a shame that a guy can't go uh, you know enjoy a broadway show without being you know outed and let's point the finger and you know the hypocrisy is ginormous i'm sorry your girl lost I mean, they had Hillary, they had Hillary backstage and they did a cast photo with her and she's wonderful and she's all things awesome and they're okay. Like what's uncool about it? And it's just like unsavory. They should have told the crowd to pipe down. Did the guy who read, did the, the actor who read a statement, did he ever tell anybody to pipe down or was he okay with the booing and the cheering? Yeah, uh, he told them to stop. He, you know, he said right off the bat that uh, we are very happy that you are here, and uh, he he did not condone the booze. Well, then, that, then that's awesome. Yeah. Then God bless him. I mean, people are talking about boycott Hamilton. Yeah. I mean, uh, if I'm, you can afford, if you can afford to it, see Hamilton, exactly. good lord. I, I'm guessing that the people in West Virginia who voted for Donald Trump aren't really waking up in the middle of the night being concerned about whether or not they're going to go see Hamilton. Uh, that was a little mean spirited. No, no, that I was mean, a little mean. Well, I mean, it's I think a that there's some people, there's some people in Staten Island and in Long Island and in New Jersey that voted for Donald Trump. They might not go see Hamilton now. Well, it, it, it's a commentary on the fact that a lot of the people who voted for Donald Trump in these manufacturing towns did it because they were convinced that he would have the know-how to bring manufacturing back into this country. So they're not concerned about what happens at a Broadway show. He saved, he saved the Ford plant in Kentucky. He saved that one. Mm, no. Not really. No. That that that, that was know. actually the union. I know. It's, it's the, <laughs> it was funny, though. It was. It was funny. However, it. I'm glad that he's wrapping himself up in it. Hey, I saved this. Yeah, that's right. That's on message. He's going to do that from coast to coast. We're going to win so big, Andrew, it's going to make your head spin. We're going to win bigly. Nothing would make me happier. I want this country to work together. I want that's, there to be I, reaching across the aisle. I tell you, I think that's the shock that everybody's in for. So do I. That is the shock that everybody's in for. That I think it's going to work out great. I think it's going to work out better than anyone can imagine. And we're going to be like, holy smoke. He's not going to be able to drain the swamp. Obviously, you have to work with some swamp critters because they know how the swamp operates. But there will be a lessening of the swamp. It won't be the end of corruption, but there might be a little less corruption. I think everything's about to get better. I really do. I'm an optimist. Well, and, and so did Chuck Schumer till the cabal got to him. And then he said we'd fight everything tooth and nail. <laughs> that was pretty funny. Yeah. Well, so uh, we're going to keep the Electoral College, right? We're going to do that. We're yeah, going to be able to hang on yeah, to that. We're, we're going to keep the Electoral College. We Even though to. George Takai, that was hilarious. How bad did his Twitter blow up the other day when George Takai's like, "This is not what my democracy looks like. This is not what a this is not what democracy looks like." And then everybody was giving him a, a civics lesson. Yeah. You know, it's a constitutional republic. Oh my, oh my. <laughs> when did Sulu from Star Trek 
become the voice of the left. This is like I missed something huge when Sulu is suddenly saying this is how democracy works. Like, dude, you're you were Sulu and you weren't even that good at Sulu. Like you didn't even work after that. <laughs> if Star Trek isn't a hit and lives on its syndication, he's running a 7-Eleven in Burbank. Oh, my. Well, he's been a spokes a spokesperson for the left and and been out there in in very progressive ways for a number of years. I don't know when he became the maybe the big deal um, that he tends to be now when he speaks. Like he gets op eds in the New York Times and stuff. That's great because if you go back and you look at his performance as Sulu, mm-hmm. not the best. Like there's a reason that guy didn't have an acting career after that. Well, um, yeah, no, I and was, I love Star Trek. Yeah, no, his his mentions turned into what we like to call a trash can fire after he did that, yeah. Yes, a yeah. trash can fire. All right, we got to move. This is actually a great uh, segue because it's Sulu and Star Trek. I am so stoked for the new Star Wars movie, Countdown to Rogue One. Countdown to that. We're going to see Darth Vader in that sucker. That's going to be insanely great. Now, we're taking our moratorium off of Doctor Strange. Andrew, you've seen it? I have not, unfortunately. This oh, week got away. This week got away from we're working on a new TV show. Can't talk about it. Okay. Well, I will say this then. We will maintain our moratorium on Doctor Strange, but it's in the writing. It's in the writing. It's it's a huge blockbuster movie. There's a way out of it. I don't think they're idiots, and I think they know what to do. However, the problem comes with characters who have too much power. It's like that Quicksilver kid in um, uh, not it? the Avengers, the X-Men. Yes. When you have a kid that can slow down time like that and do everything, you, ha- you quickly have to get rid of that kid because every problem can be solved by that kid. It's like Superman having heat vision. Every problem can be solved by heat vision. I guarantee the people who invented Superman regret giving him heat vision. However, go see Doctor Strange. The the giant human otter guy is a Benedict Cumber otter. is very entertaining. It could have been great. It was a a swing, and uh, I'm gonna give it a double. I'm gonna say it's a double. It could have been a home run, and you'll see. It'll be it'll be painfully obvious to you. But I wanted to make sure we covered Doctor Strange because we promised that. I'm so excited about Star Wars, though. It's stupid. It is stupid. Do you I think see- as excited as you are, it's even possible for Rogue One to get a home run? Oh, absolutely. Oh, okay. Absolutely. Oh, oh, Rogue One right now looks like a home run. Looks like a home run. And and here's the hard thing to do. A prequel, because you know what happens, right? You know they get away with the plans. So you just have to buy the ticket, enjoy the ride, and hope it's an entertaining ride. And right now, it looks like one hell of an entertaining ride. And that's all I want. I just like being in in that universe and seeing those creatures uh, do their thing and spaceships blowing up. I watched... I watched Independence Day 2 last night. That's how much I love science fiction and aliens landing and things getting blown up. And talk about a swing and a miss. Like, Independence Day is not Citizen Kane. However, Independence Day 2, woo, that was uh, not good. There's a reason Will Smith wasn't in that thing, and it's probably because he was allowed to read the script. <laughs> He's like, how about we just kill my character? How about I'm, how about I'm dead? Well, that's a great Michael-topia. You shouldn't be allowed to do sequels if you don't have the most important and most famous character come back. Well, I tell you, they make money. They make money. I I, I don't want to 
it's tough. I'm almost on board with that as a Michael Topia, which we will do next. That's the next thing uh, that we're going to do. I'm, mm, there's a great way to do it. There's a great way to do Independence Day 2 without Will Smith. But when your foundation is just that jacked up, there's no way Will Smith is going to say yes to it. You know, it's it's a self-fulfilling prophecy. It was uh it, it was it was a messed up a messed up endeavor from Jump Street because nothing is better than this than the sequel being as good as or better than than the first one. Right now, I have friends on the inside over at uh, Deadpool, and I guess they got some they got some big big problems over at Deadpool, and that's going to be a tough one to follow up. I can't say enough good things about Deadpool. That thing was entertaining, and if you're not down with Deadpool. You're not down with the Loftus Party or the Loftusparty.com. Ba-boom. Okay, let's do some Michael Topias. In Michael Topia, here's how it works, you guys. In the real world where we exist, there's some crazy rules and some crazy laws and some crazy standards. However, in Michael Topia, we have our own set of rules, laws, and standards, and everything works great. So here we go with the latest addition to the rules of Michael Topia. Stacy. In Michaeltopia, when you order a pint of beer, you get 16 ounces. Bars and restaurants are not allowed to buy glasses with thicker glass that only give you 14 ounces. I love it. I love it. And finally, America is catching up to Ireland and England and the UK. Well, I'm just sitting here and I, I did the Daily Dose this morning and they have seven cons that all of these companies pull on everybody all the time. And apparently that's a huge con along with, well, this is a classy beer, so we want you to be able to smell it, you know, and they give you that like little glass that isn't even close to a pint, but they charge you the same. It's all just, it's garbage. Just give did me a pint see, of beer. There's a great undercover video. I forget what ballpark they filmed this at. One guy bought a medium beer, and one guy bought a large beer. The medium was three fifty, the large was seven dollars, something crazy like that. It was the exact same amount of beer, just in a deceptively bigger cup. It looked bigger, therefore you thought you were getting more beer, and you were paying more money for the exact same as a medium. No, they put these two pint glasses that are used in bars. They put a regular 16-ounce pint glass, and then they put the other pint glass that has a thicker base and thicker walls next to each other. And you can see clearly you're not going to get as much beer, but they actually engineered it so they feel like they weigh the same. In 2001, I made my first trip to Ireland, and they had just changed the law there. To have like a uniform, there's a pint line on the pint glass. They take it very, very seriously. It's like, okay, the foam can start here because I am paying for a pint of beer. Good for Absolutely. Yeah, they have a, there's like, and there's a, an official royal seal on it. It's all very high tech. That's a good Michael Topia. If well, I'm paying other, for a pint, I want a pint. The other place they get you is ice cream. Stacey, really? They, they get you yep. everywhere, Stacy. You know where else they're getting you now? Cereal where? boxes. They make them thinner so you feel like you're getting the same amount of cereal because they're the same height and width, but they make them thinner so they can fit less cereal in there. It's been oh. happening for years. That That is actually, and here's a fun to know fact, that is actually the origin story of the baker's dozen because there was a time where bakers would sell bread rolls by the dozen, but they would make them smaller and smaller and smaller, and eventually people caught on to the fact that they weren't getting as much bread, so the bakers, to make up for it, they would throw in a 13th bread roll to make a baker's dozen. 
Well, the biggest fail on here for me was to find out that Dum Dums, you remember Dum Dum Lollipops? You'd get them like when you went to get your haircut. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Anyone still remember that commercial? The mystery flavor is essentially pig slop. That's how they clean out their machines. There is no formula for it, nothing. (laughs) You know what? I'm okay with that, actually. (laughs) I'm okay with it, too. Yeah. All right, that was my Michael Tobia. We used to call that a we used to call that a suicide when you would go into like a Seven Eleven and you'd get a little piece of each soda. You know, yep. you'd put Sprite, Seven Up, Dr Pepper, Coke, Pepsi, blah blah blah. That's a, yep. we used to call that a suicide. <laughs> we were, we were both kid. such childs of the eighties because we did the same thing. All righty, Andrew, hit me with a Michael Topia. All right, in Michael Topia, we do not spray paint swastikas anywhere. It's just time to stop. Yeah, that's a good one. Like, it's like I don't care. <laughs> I don't care. It, 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 it's getting out of control because, like, we're seeing them show up on people's garages. We're seeing them show up on Donald Trump's star on the Walk of Fame. We're seeing them show up at synagogues. We're seeing them show up at churches. All right. We need to stop it because if everyone's spanking swastikas, then we're not going to know who the actual Nazis are. I couldn't agree more. We need to take a little just moratorium on swastikas and Nazis. We have to let this settle or else no one's going to be afraid of a swastika. No one's going to be terrified of Nazis. We always need to be afraid of Nazis and, and what they represent. Okay. In Michael Topia. If the ad plays perfectly on YouTube, my content should play perfectly on YouTube. I had what? a run of luck the other day that was so I was trying to look at clips of the flip side on YouTube. The ads played beautifully, but somehow the content had a hard time loading and I had to wait and refresh the page. So hey, YouTube. Whatever magic technology that you're using to make sure your little piece of crap Tide ad runs perfectly, how about you use that for the content I'm putting up? I would agree totally. 100%. And that goes beyond YouTube. That is any site that is playing video because I've had that happen more times on sites with their own proprietary video players like AOL than on YouTube. It drives me crazy. You, uh, They obviously have a solution to the problem because the ad plays. So why shouldn't my stuff play? That's, I, that's, ooh, that's lawsuit worthy right there. That is lawsuit worthy. Okay, who's got another one? Um, in Michaeltopia, Erica the creepy robot gets deactivated. Oh, yes. I saw this. <laughs> I am not comfortable with it. I am not either. And when the scientist asked the dude from the magazine, do you want to kiss her? I'm like, okay, this is it. I can't look at this anymore. Oh, you know, you know that (laughs) guy, you know, that guy has already defiled that robot in every way imaginable. Oh, he says at the beginning, isn't she, we think this is the most beautiful face ever. I'm like, stop, stop. And listen, and Michael Topia, we don't frown upon the sex robot. If you want to do that, if that is your thing, you got to own it. You got to own it. And somebody's like, hey, have you and Erica knocked boots? You got to be like, yes, we have. That's why I made her. (laughs) Don't be ashamed. It's a robot. It's like some people hump picnic tables. Not my thing. However, keep it in your house. I don't want to know about it. Picnic tables? 
Oh, on World's Dumbest, there was a guy, oh I think God. down in, yeah, really horrifying. World's Dumbest, my old true TV haunts. There were, they busted this guy in, uh, like, outside of Cincinnati. He would, like, there's a thing, like, a, a, I guess you would call it a disorder because it's not normal. Not enough people do it to make it normal. He would hump picnic tables. And unfortunately, he would do it in the park. Now, he tried to go during hours when there weren't people around. Thank goodness for that. However, he got he got off humping picnic tables. Oh so if you God. want to build if you want to build a sex robot, which God love you, go for it. Um, at least be man enough to own up to it. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I, no. I worry what? about the sex robot only because I know that there is a segment of the male population where uh, if they do not have to uh, pursue the favor of a woman to uh, get to their happy place, they may not be continuing as functioning members of society. I'm just saying. We are on the edge, guy. We are already on the edge. <laughs> Once again, yep. on world on World's Dumbest Inventions, and it's always the Japanese. God bless the Japanese. This dude invented this... It was... Uh, Two like silicone mouths, right? They they, they look like just lips. They, they didn't have openings or anything. They were just lips. And you would plug one into your computer at the USB port, and the person that you cared about would have one on their USB anywhere on the globe. You go on the internet, and you would put your lips up to this silicone lip, and so would she. And when you applied pressure, it would apply pressure on your side as well. So you could kiss somebody from anywhere in the world, right? That's kind of sweet, yeah? In sure. theory. Okay. The latest thing that has happened, there is a company that has taken this technology and they've turned it into an interactive sex toy thing. So you can go into you, – you pay money. You go into a room where there's some sex worker somewhere and she has an object and then you have an object on you and whatever she does to the object on her side affects the object on your side. I think this – this marketplace talk about cap oh my gosh so we we actually do need to clarify the technology that you're talking about is not like a one-to-one -one secure connection where the guy's putting something on his junk and then the girl has a shaft that she's working on this happening live over the internet this is kind of like itunes you you download the video and you download it's both. the program it's both they have it's no, no no they have not gotten the technology to do it live yet no, the live version is done. Because they, uh, oh, <laughs> yes. oh uh, we're screwed. People I will never leave their house. People that are never leaving the house. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. They're just gonna like load up on that iTunes gift card and never leave their house again. Yep. I run my website. I play War World of Warcraft, and there's a girl in Taiwan who I've downloaded some sex acts from. I am good to go as long as those pizzas keep showing up at the front door. I'm never wearing pants again. <laughs> I am I am aroused and horrified at the same time. There needs to be like a German emotion, like that shine and fraud and whatever, uh, where you're aroused and horrified at the same time. Okay, I have one more. Uh, well, this is another supersized show. We can't help it. We're just that good. In Michaeltopia, I get one of those new Gotham Steel nonstick pans, and it works. I have never wanted... An advertised product to work so bad in my life. I want a Gotham steel pan for Christmas because nothing sticks to it. It's safe in the dishwasher. You could burn cheese on it and it won't stick. 
it looks like a miracle pan. And if it's not, oh, am I going to be mad? Oh, am I going to be mad? Have you seen the Gotham Steel commercials? Yes, I have. And I, I've often thought I'd like to yes. maybe order one and then like, no, it cannot be that good. So I'll be looking forward to your assessment. That's how I feel about it, too. I'm terrified to buy one because it just looks too good to be true. You know, occasionally, I, I'm not the one who buys things offline. That that tends to be my, my better half. And every once in a while, you really knock it out of the park. But, boy, you get some weird stuff, I tell you, that just doesn't work the way it was supposed to. Uh, but if it does, if it yeah. does, I'll make everything on that thing. Okay, we had a very, very, very good show. I enjoyed this a lot. We, t- we, uh... I'm still optimistic about the future. That's what it's all. That's what the whole thing is all about. This is America, darn it. And there's room for everybody. I'm not losing sleep over the Trump administration. It was a fantastic show. Go to theloftestparty.com. This is the website to end all websites. This is not fake news. We actually have a we, – we go with Reuters, which is probably closer to fake news than we are. <laughs> We have uh, the Daily Dose. We have the best writers, the best bloggers. We have video content that actually plays. You've got this podcast. Soon there will be other podcasts. It is an explosion of goodness on the interwebs. So that's my plug for theloftestparty.com. Flipside, season three, Andrew Apple. That starts in December, yeah? It, it does. I've, I've had meetings all Wonderful. week about it. Now the real work begins. Okay, so this is the point where you guys can plug. Uh, Stacy, what do you got going on this week? I'm still writing the Daily Dose, and I think everybody should go read my Thanksgiving piece. Yes, it is quite good. It is quite good. Always check out Always check out the lays. Here's what we have to figure out. I need to do a video blog. My typing skills are horrible. Mm-hmm. My typing skills are horrible. For me to sit down and write a blog... That is a Herculean effort. We got to figure out how do I how I video blog. We got to figure that out. Okay. All right, Andrew Apple. What do you got going on Sounds this week? Good. Uh, well, uh, I am continuing my podcast. Uh, I'm going to pitch it a little bit of a different way. Uh, come and watch the fictional story of a series of black Republicans who are living it up in the Bel Air lifestyle on So oh, there Fresh, you go. So Prince putting a little different spin on it. Now, do you think? Yeah, yeah. The Banks family are they really? all a bunch of Republicans. The big fat, yeah, the big fat guy, the dad was a Republican. Oh yeah, that's. Uh, I mean, where do you think I uh, thought Luke they Carlton ripped that off of Watch's show, Family Ties? I thought the dad was just a very successful. He was a judge, right? I think he was a very successful uh, yes. Democratic judge, and that made Carlton the oddball for being the Republican son. Not true, actually. He was appointed to Superior Court judge, which is nonpartisan, but he spends the entire first season trying to get Ronald Reagan to come to his house party. This is Uncle Phil, the father. And uh, they actually had a Ronald Reagan impersonator show up. And Uncle Here's Phil a fun to know fact. I know a writer who used to write on Family Ties, and when Michael J. Fox's character got incredibly popular, Ronald Reagan wanted to do that show. He wanted to be on that show. And the creator said, no, I will not support Ronald Reagan. It's bad enough that that Michael J. Fox's character is doing it. No, Ronald Reagan. No, president of the United States. You are not allowed on my television show. It kind of makes the little uh, ballyhoo about Hamilton look small. Well, we are completely open to having uh, Ronald Reagan come on this podcast if he wants to. I'd have Donald Trump on. I'd have Donald Trump on in a heartbeat. Let, there you go, Donald. The door is wide open. 
All right, you guys have a great week. Much more to come next week. The media is freaking out. More reporting about chickens with their heads cut off. The disarray that is the Trump administration. I love you very, very deeply. And some of you I love more than just friends. You know who you are. All right. (laughs) The Loftus Party. We will see you next week.